Welcome one, welcome all to volume, I'm not sure what, of the NFC East Mixtape, a.k.a. the NFC Beast Mixtape. You can listen to this on any one of SB Nation's NFC East blog podcast networks. That is Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles content, Blog of the Boys for Dallas Cowboys content, Big Blue View for New York Giants content, or Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders content. You can also watch this on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog and the boys YouTube channel. You can see or hear our wonderful voices. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog and the Boys. Brandon, welcome to December, effectively, as far as the NFL is concerned. Uh, it's still November 29th as we're recording this. So the next NFL quite. game is in December, though. That's kind of what I'm, where I'm coming okay. from. Today is November. Um, 86 is the number you were looking for for the mm. episode. You can 86 Gross your number. intro. There's no great player in NFL history that wore 86. Zach Ertz. I mean, I was going to say Heinz Ward. So I guess both Pennsylvania people. But, um, you know, at least Heinz Ward was the MVP of his Super Bowl win. So I mean, Zach Ertz caught the game-winning touchdown. But no big deal. And it was oh. kind of a fumble, really. For being it honest. was not. <laughs> he caught it, though, too. Also, it was not. The ball was dead as soon as he passed the goal line. Anyway, uh, RJ, we have a Apple podcast five-star review from don Giggs. okay on what, what network is this on because i have one at blog on the boys okay so you have a bgn i have a btb one go for it it's go pretty for long it. so i don't know if i want to read the whole thing um sorry don well i mean it's not about don it's just that I, I want to respect the listener's time here uh especially if we have two reviews but i'm just going to get into it mine is uh, very short i'm reading this cold by the way i just opened this i have no idea what this says it could be really bad it could be great uh title thank you rj first longtime listener of Bleeding Green Nation and the NFC mixtape, he said incorrect. It's the Com- NFC common East error. A lot, of, a lot of people make that mistake, including I say parents. it wrong. We all say it wrong, so yeah. it's fine. Uh, no mm-hmm. big deal. It happens. Uh, great pods, go birds. Second, as a birds fan of 35 years, I want to thank RJ sincerely. The latest pod has helped me get back to truly loathing Cowboys fans nice. for what they <laughs> are in the depths of their souls. This season has been a challenge for me. RJ has been pretty subjective and it's made me feel very uncomfortable. I do not like to look at a Cowboys fan and say, hey, that guy's not so bad. I like my Cowboys fans to bring out the worst in me. I like my Cowboys fans to remind me of my college girlfriend. Yikes. Uh, delusional and annoying. <laughs> it keeps balance in the force. So thank you, RJ. Your delusional bravado is classic Cowboys fan. We've seen this movie before, and it's not a good movie. It's Sharknado 4. It's Troll 2. It's anything with Kirk Cameron. Jeez. Uh, wow. I'm looking forward to the yeah, Kirk Cameron catching a stray. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Please maintain this energy when the Eagles win the division and go farther than the Cowboys in the playoffs yet again, as they've done time and time again since the last time Dallas even sniffed the NFC championship game. Best love to you both. Um, so I really don't understand. Maybe you read it too, I guess. Am I being thanked for being an obnoxious Cowboys fan? Or for not being an obnoxious fan and therefore inciting what he wishes was an obnoxious fan. I think he is happy that you have taken a turn into being such a homer and so delusional uh, that he can hate you again. Because there was a point where he maybe he found you likable. Uh, uh, this is a strong review by Don Giggs and a, a fan for 35 years. You know, big respect here. I will say um, just Don's being a little bit redundant at the very end. Like, oh, the Eagles have gone farther than the Cowboys ever since the Cowboys sniffed the NFC championship. Yeah. Like if they haven't been to the NFC championship game, like obviously, you know, the Eagles are going farther. Like, you know, that's all I'm saying. That's a redundant point. You know, you know, Mm. let's just, let's, let's be more matter of fact, like the review that came to us from Jabardzi on the blog of the boys network. This is also an Eagles fan, five-star rating. Uh, It is titled literally Eagles fan here. And it just says, and I'm going to read it verbatim. 
please tell BLG that Sue is a direct replacement for Barnett as the quote, it's always him guy. Mm. So I don't know what that means. Um, like a dirty player, like going to have a dumb penalty. Uh, I, th- I think Indomitian Sue is kind Derek of. Derek Barnett had the game winning play in the Super Bowl. What do, now who's catching strays? I mean, Sue was, I think, shed that label. You know, like that was a long time ago when he kind of had, you know, like dirty player, I feel like, for the most part, at least. Two things on Sue as we get ready to start our assessment of the NFC East. Again, the NFC Beast. Um, one, Sue has a, a, a checkered past as far as that kind of stuff, but he is way too cool of a player to wear number 74. I recognize that not a lot of options available, but tough scene, like just not not a good look. Don't disagree. Uh, not good on the Jersey number analytics, but yeah, there's just not a lot of options, obviously, at this right. point in the season. Yeah, so. not his fault. Um, second thing, I can tell this story later. I can tell it now if you'd like. I once won a camera from Endowment Kong Sue. Have I ever told camera? you this before? Yeah, like a, like a digital camera. This was mm. like 2011, so digital cameras were a lot cooler. Um, like, man, talk about catching straights. Digital cameras are now like kind of irrelevant. You know, like, mm. do you know anybody who uses a, a digital camera instead of their phone? Not really. I used to think there was no way that we would just like, you know, that phone quality images would replace cameras. But here we are. Um, the long story shortened is um, way back in the beginning days of Twitter, like 2010, 2011 ish. Um, he did a partnership like, uh, you know, way before like ads were a thing uh, with, I think, Canon. Um, and he gave away five cameras on Twitter and I won one. So I had a camera okay. that Ndamukong Su sent me. So um, friend of the pod, you could say, like in a very loose um, loose way. There you go. Exciting. Okay. Shout out to me. You um, know, RJ, I have a uh, a gripe with people to get off my chest. It's it's going to lead us into what we're actually talking about on this episode, okay. which is the best division in the NFL. I mean, everyone is using this term, NFC beast, and no one is crediting us. I want I want everyone to call out anytime someone is using that term uh and not crediting us because we invented that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i agree i mean um i i think similarly the way people are saying it's the nfc beast they're saying like the inverse of that is oh it's not the nfc least right anymore also something that is intellectual property of ours um sure. so um it does kind of feel like um you're way more into music than i am Mm. um so like you're a big you, music I, reference guy on the monday football monday episode sometimes you'll just drop one in there that surprises me i'm like oh i know well, i mean that band or song i'm a citizen of the world you know i like to be a, a citizen of a lot of things but you are like you go to concerts like you you know i feel like you're more into some like you're sure. you're, you're more strong in conviction in music than i am um and so what this kind of feels like is um and i'm sure you've dealt with this before mm. it's like when we we liked this band you know what I mean? And now they've gone mainstream and now everybody's like, this band is awesome. We're like, wait a minute. No, like, chill out. This was our thing. You know, quit quit ruining, you know, the, the, we were having fun. They were playing these local bars or whatever. And we were just kind of here enjoying and eating good food and drinking good drinks. Like, now you're here ruining it. Like, now you're ticket mastering this thing. I'm not a big fan of gatekeeping, which is kind of what you're talking right. about here. Right. I just think, like... It's you just have to ignore. So it's not gatekeeping to me if you at least just acknowledge, you know, where this came from. Like, oh, this person was really big onto this thing before everyone else was. It's not about like you have to bow down to them and give them all the credit, or you can't enjoy it. But like, let's just be transparent. Let's be honest here. Let's just, yeah. you know, uh, let's just not. Let's call you, it for like it is. Let's not you, pretend you know, you know that we didn't we, invent this. You know why we deserve credit, Brandon? We invented the NFC's mixtape literally the season that the division was won with a 7-9 and nine record. All right? So if anyone's going to question our legitimacy here, they can step. All right? You know, uh, you and I, we were here. 
Blink-182. All right, we mm. loved it before Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Everything was great around here. And then all the mainstream showed up, and just now, I mean, the show's still great. The music's still awesome. But, like, now there's a lot of people. You know, it's mm. just, you know, chill out. Let us have our space again. Let's get into it, RJ. What version of the CD did you have? That album. Um, What do you mean? Like, the color or whatever? Yeah, like, the color and the logo. I had the See, jacket. I, I didn't have the actual copy. So, this is going back to, like, high school. My friend, like, burned me CDs of uh, a couple of their albums. So, it's like, uh, a, like the silver, like, CDR. Yeah, like, and know. he wrote, like, on Sharpie, you know, right, the name right, on the... Right. Yeah, yep. Wow. Brandon just confessed to doing something illegal. I mean, I didn't do it. I'm not the one who burned it. He gave them to me. Wow. I supported the industry to be very clear um all right let's talk uh we as always go in divisional standing order the philadelphia eagles currently 10 and 1 best record in the nfl obviously best record in the nfc east 40 to 33 victory over the green bay packers do you want me to go first do you want to go first i i think you'll be interested in my thoughts but it's up to you uh let's hear your take so i locked i locked the up the packers Cowboys couldn't beat I locked up the Packers um, on our other show that we do together. Everybody should go subscribe to and listen to the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to Brandon and I together every Friday with, um, I was going to say our good friend, but you know our colleague, Rob Stats Guerrero. Um, and uh, I locked up the Packers at plus seven. So it was a push, not a win, not a loss. Um, a loss as far as making you money is concerned. Right. Um, but I did feel like the Packers would play them tough. And I did feel for a little bit of this game, like a handful of moments, like, holy crap, that's prime Aaron Rodgers. Like there were some throws where you're like, that is Aaron Rodgers. Now, mm-hmm. that dissipated very quickly. The Jordan Love stuff at the end was kind of cute. This was a really emphatic answer to the two-week sputter by the Eagles. Still kind of a, a you know, what's going on here? My, my big takeaway, like if you're an Eagles fan, is that this is not sustainable. Like you can't have Jalen Hurts run for 1,000 yards every single sure. game. I mean, and that that would be the concern. I mean, I and so I, I think he's answered that call many times, so I don't know that there's like reason to doubt but the 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 force with which this game was won probably will not happen again just because that's the way the NFL works. But it was a really impressive shutdown of the weird energy surrounding the team. Um, but stock down for Mike Tirico, who gave praise to Nick Sirianni for cussing mm. out Colts fans. That's all I have. Okay. Uh, it was a weird game in the sense that, like, they start 13-0. It's like, oh, it's going to be a blowout. This looks like, you know, oh, dude, you're back yeah. on track. <laughs> this, it then, was a weird first quarter. That was the weirdest yeah. first quarter I've ever seen. So many points scored so quickly, and then the Eagles go down, and it's like, oh no, like this is the same team that is going to fall apart. Uh, and the last couple of weeks are certainly uh, more troubling than maybe we thought. But then they pull ahead again. So really strange game. Um, Aaron Rodgers comes out as you mentioned. Um, uh, I think they don't need to win like that. Is the key thing though. It's not like Jalen Hurts needs to run for a billion yards from them to win. Unlike last year when that was the case. Mm-hmm. And I think he is kind of being maybe not credited enough just from a standpoint of everyone's talking about the rushing, and that was obviously a big deal and a big story. But I don't think he was rushing in this game uh, just as like a crutch because he couldn't throw. He made some really good that the back shoulder touchdown throw to Quest Watkins was like a really nice throw. Uh, he made some really important key throws in this game. Um, so I don't think, you know, it was that he couldn't throw. I think part of it is just the Packers' run defense. Clearly, not very good. Yeah, the game didn't call day. for it as much. Right? They didn't. They didn't need to throw. I mean, they're just dominating on the ground. Anytime they ran the ball, they're getting incredible push up front uh, with that offensive line. So, you know, I think that's the story of the game. The defense had like a weird game in that they gave up 33 points, which is almost twice the amount the Packers have had in terms of their high water mark this year on the road. The previous was 17. 
but there were some short fields in here. Special teams was an issue. The Eagles, who who is allowing? First of all, who is like even returning kicks anymore in the NFL? And then, which special teams units are allowing teams to like regularly get fifty yards? They had two plus fifty. 50 plus yard returns in this game so that was insane and then the, you know there was a turnover on downs um which is kind of a weird uh situation because eagles were so good in those uh in those spots and then there was the aj brown fumble a second in two weeks which that's, is just that's a little kind of that's the kind of stuff that like wasn't happening right that's like now sure. it's like you know call it regression call it variance whatever those weird whoopsie daisy things that are generally somewhat common for nfl teams the eagles had avoided and they won this game in spite of them but like those things are starting to rear their ugly head just a little bit but it is weird like that's not i'm not worried about aj brown continuing to fumble he had zero fumbles since 2020 uh prior to last week you know he was two in the last two weeks and i'm sure you saw he apparently was dealing like some real crazy uh, stomach bug that caused him to lose seven pounds. And he had like this gross looking bloodshot eye after the game, because apparently he was like throwing up so much uh, that that caused that. So, you know, there's some weird stuff in there and he kind of did redeem himself with um, a big third down catch at one point in the touchdown catch. So, um, you know, not really worried about him long-term, but certainly just kind of a, a weird stretch here for him. Uh, but overall uh, they're 10 and one, they covered the spread um, as as it was, Earlier in the day, it was six point five. Yeah, I, I caught it at seven when I yeah. locked it. Right. Um, I did my I do my uh, weekly picks against the spread column on Sunday morning, and it was six point five at that point. So they did cover the spread from that standpoint. And I think I looked before the game, right before the game too, it was still six point five. Um, so they held on. They never really like put the game away like you wanted them to. Like the Packers, like kind of crept back into it, and then they well, the, it the Jordan Love touch to Christian Watson touch now was really weird. Like it was actually kind of like whoa. <laughs> like, this happened like well it's like okay the game's over the backup quarterback is in um and i think part of that was you know so if you didn't know reed blankenship an undrafted rookie free agent the only undrafted rookie free agent to ever pick off aaron Rodgers, which by the way that was an incredible play it really was that pick i was like that was like almost like malcolm butler on russell wilson not not quite you know the same impact and high but like just that like shocking just jumped around exploded caught the ball um crazy but um, but yeah, he he certainly you know he's an undrafted rookie for for a reason. You know he he blew his assignment or took a poor angle, whatever you want to call it. And Christian Watson is really fast. Uh, he's like a four three guy. Reed Blankenship is a four five five guy. So it's kind of a big difference there. Um, and that, and that's part of that's another big story. RJ coming out of this game is you know the Eagles had another massive injury. Conchante Gardner Johnson goes down, a lacerated kidney. Dude, um, that sounds awful. Like that is so terrible. I remember Miles uh, Austin, your boy. That's uh, right talking about how he had one of those with the Browns and he was just like urinating blood. Um, so yeah, not, not a great situation. Um, on a, that's a hard thing to transition off of, uh, but on, <laughs> you said miles, I don't think that miles Sanders got like any love for mm. his game because Jalen hurts got all the love. And I remember once upon a time, I argued for miles Sanders being one of the more underrated players in the NFC East. I got a lot of blowback, got a lot of blowback from Eagles fans. Miles Sanders sucks. Miles Sanders terrible. Um, not that this is important, but just for context, um, like what my perception was, I w- at the end of the afternoon games, I was looking at a situation where I was going to be at 15 points in my fantasy league of record with just Ooh. Miles Sanders going up against AJ Brown in the Eagles defense. I also had Josh Jacobs, who gave me that comfortable lead based off the, the game winner. But then, like, Miles, like, whatever teeny tiny question I had, Miles Sanders vanquished very early on. Um, again, not getting enough credit, Miles Sanders is. I think. Uh, 
right. I think this was his best game. Like, I mean, obviously it was from a standpoint of his actual highest rushing total, but just in the way he ran, like this For was real. not the Miles Sanders we've necessarily seen all season. Not to say he's had a bad year, but he was like making guys miss. He was like running through contact. Like that's not, like, I'd like to see more of this Miles Sanders. It's kind of funny that even in his best game, he still wasn't the leading rusher because Dylan Hurts outrushed him, which it's not like this big indictment, but it is kind of funny uh, that that was the case. So yeah, he was huge as well. And um, Packers run defense certainly had a lot to do with that, but he took advantage. I think, you know, the Packers still, like, even though as bad as they are, they have this, like, well, it's Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. Like, they have this image that, like, nobody wants to let go of. Um, So I I think anybody that, you know, was truly objective this time a week ago would have said if the Eagles are going to drop one of their two games, their upcoming two games, it would have been to the Titans over the Packers, right? Even though the, like, image and Mm -hmm. presentation of the Packers is what it is. And so, like, this Packers game actually makes me super interested in, like, Mm. as much more than I already was so, in this Eagles Titans game, because and I saw you tweet about this during the game. Like, why, why are you not handing the ball off to AJ Dillon every single play? Like, like at this yeah. point in time, like, I, I mean, I tweeted he, that at one point. I, I, well, thank you for play. listening. I literally just said the words that I saw that you tweeted that. So, you know, good job us. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I mean, he was dominating, like, like owning, like, I mean, you talked about like the way Miles Sanders was running. It, it was people use the phrase like shot out of a cannon. It was literally like shot out of a cannon and like bowling over Eagles defenders. So maybe me think like, man, what is Derek Henry going to do to this team? And the Titans are just a much more efficient team. And this, this like sounds hot takey, but it's just the reality. Like Ryan Tannehill is not going to make the mistakes that Aaron Rodgers is making these days. I mean, unless Aaron mm. Rodgers is playing the Cowboys, of course. Um, so I'm interested. I'm interested to see that matchup. Um, this was a very weird game that the Eagles won to get to 10 and one. And correct me if I'm wrong, a win over the Titans clinches a playoff berth for the Eagles this week. Um, it's like, it's multiple things need to happen. It's like okay. the Eagles need to beat the Titans and then the Giants need to win over the Commanders and then the we'll get there. Dolphins need to beat the San Francisco 49ers and then the Rams mm-hmm. need to beat the, where are the Rams playing? Rams need to beat someone. I think I forget, but they're probably not going to beat them because the Rams are terrible. Let me look that up really quick. The Rams are playing the Seahawks. Yeah, probably not going to. Uh, okay. Um, so the Eagles jumped up from fourth in team DBOA last week to third Dallas fell from second to fourth. I thought this was strange. Cause like, I, I, you know, when I first like glanced at this, I was like, who jumped up? Like I kind of like over, over glossed it. Did, did you see who jumped ahead of both of them? Dolphins, the Ravens, the, the Baltimore Ravens, are, the bills are currently number one in total yeah. team DBOA. The Ravens are second after being third a week ago. So the Cowboys fell from second to fourth. The Eagles jumped from fourth to third. The Ravens fell, excuse me, improved from third to second. How? Like, like, I mean, Ravens have lost a lot of close games. So, like, I get that but, they but might just be based, little... based off the last week, because that's, you know, this sure. is improvement. Like, you know, it's strange. Um, I'm not saying it makes perfect sense, but I am saying, like, I get the bigger picture concept of the, ra- you know, Ravens might be a little bit better than their record indicates. Although, you know, quarterback hasn't been playing well for a while. So that's a problem. Um, I have reached the point where I know we've had a lot of fun, but I am very confident that the NFC winner is the Cowboys or the Eagles. Like, I, I don't, like, I mean, the only other team I would give, like, any sort of, like, I wouldn't say odds to, but, like, likelihood or whatever is the 49ers. Like, I don't, I, think, I, like they, I don't think they can, though, right? Like, just where they are? I'm saying to win sure. the NFC. Not not the number one seed. I'm sorry. Like, to oh, win okay, the sorry. NFC yeah. as, as a whole. Not not to, you know, sure. like, be the number one seed in the conference. But I mean, the 49ers absolutely can. Yeah, they, I mean, it's hard to doubt the team that has made the championship game two of the last right. three years to say they if you can't are do curi- it. Yeah. If you are curious, though, um, so 538 has the Eagles' chances of, of getting the one seed at 62%. And so mm-hmm. talking just NFC teams, Dallas is next at 18. Minnesota's next at 17. But that's obviously yep. based on, like, 
their position at the moment. The 49ers are next at 2%. So yeah, huge drop off um, at that point in time. But th- this is kind of what I, I was talking about. Like 538's chances of winning the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs lead the way at 23%. The Cowboys just ahead of the Eagles, 15 to 14%. The Niners are the. Well, I think some of it, so these are quarterback adjusted rankings, right? So mm-hmm. 538 clearly values Dak over more than Jalen Hurts. You know, again, like just based on this, this is like, no, I look, I know this upsets a lot of Eagles fans. This is their methodology. It's not mine. I'm having fun with it, but it is theirs. Uh, the 49ers are the NFC team. Uh, so Dallas is 15% as far as just NFC teams, Philadelphia 14, San Francisco 7, Minnesota 6. And the next NFC team is the Bucks uh, with a 1% chance. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Super Bowl representative for the NFC, I'm I'm very I would say is like I'm seventy five to eighty percent confident is going to be Dallas or Philadelphia. I mean, yeah, them or the the forty. It's, it's this one this of the feels three. like you mentioned San Francisco. This feels twenty nineteen San Francisco Seattle ish. And remember that game that that division and therefore the one seed came down to week what was seventeen at the time. Um, that game in Seattle that San Francisco won by a yard. Um, that mm-hmm. gave that gave them the one seat, which was significant because because they you know wound up going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, um, I mean it's it's one of those three, or barring the like the situation that you can't rule out, but is extremely I would say unlikely at this point. Tom Brady just going you know nuclear and like figuring it well, out. Well, that would that would be the case for like like Minnesota gets it together, right? Like like no, arbitra- I don't think you can say well, that. I, like I don't I'm think saying, you can give them the benefit. I'm saying of the arbitrary doubt. team X gets hot, like the Bengals of last year. Yeah, but I think the NFC more than any other team, it could be you know Tom Brady, but probably it would be t- not. But who's next after that? It's probably Minnesota, like in terms of likelihood. And after that, mm. it's Seattle. Seattle. I mean, so I mean, the Commanders maybe. If we'll get to the Commanders, let's I move. Um, a lot's been said about the Cowboys game already. As we move on in divisional standings, the Cowboys um, cemented that first and second place in the division will be Dallas or Philadelphia by sweeping the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. Like I said, we're almost a week removed from the game, especially on the day this episode drops on Wednesday. So everything about the game has been covered, but this was a significant win. Signif- I hate, hate that so many Cowboys fans are like, oh man, well, we just played three games in 12 days. Everybody does that. Doesn't every single team does that. The Giants did it. Like literally every yeah. single team does it. I also tweeted out and wrote about this. Cowboys now have a huge rest advantage over the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know why this happens. Like this is so unfair to the Colts and it happens to lots of teams every year, blah, blah, blah. Cowboys coming off a Thursday game, obviously Thanksgiving, the Colts coming off of a Monday night game and the Colts have to travel. Now, granted, the Monday night game was in Indianapolis. They lost. Jeff Saturday sucks. Everybody saw it. Uh, my Colts, I did pick them, but you know, it's really a lack of faith in Steelers than anything. Um, anyway, uh, huge, huge, huge rest advantage. The Cowboys and this, I, I don't know 538's exact methodology. I have to imagine that they have the, the, at this point in time, the best, the most friendly road, they have the best schedule of whatever you want to call it. I mean, their next three games are against the AFC South and they're the non Jaguars teams who look a little bit cute right now. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, the non-Titans teams who are the best team. That's what I meant to say. So they've got the Colts at home, the Texans at home, and then the Jaguars on the road. It's hard to see how they are not 11-3 and by the time they meet the Eagles on Christmas Eve. But anything can happen. It is the NFL. Uh, Cowboys did not cover the spread, by the way. Uh, That was a bad beat at the very end. It was, but as you said with the Devontae fumble, that turned into a touchdown in the Commanders game. It still counts. Um, So they didn't cover the spread. I mean, I took the Giants to win. Obviously, I didn't feel good about that as the week was like 
or we were getting closer to the game and like everyone and the giants are missing like eight seven or eight defensive or uh, starters total or something they were like, down bad it was a, so and it was a, a rough dallas did the like thanksgiving day thing where they played down to their opponent in the first mm-hmm. half but to well, their credit unlike previous years they pulled them and i would say dak dak pulled them out of it in the second sure. half that was one of the most impressive halves of football he's ever had well and michael gallup i thought gallup was awesome in that game like he, he was looks, making like he looks like like him. he really kind of found himself in minnesota and really in minnesota looked like the version of himself before he tore his acl so he's really kind of coming along now the hands catches specifically really stood out because i thought some of those balls weren't like terrible balls by deck but they weren't necessarily great and he was just making like incredible catch after incredible catch in high leverage situations i thought gallup was really good yeah he definitely looked back so that really stood out to me um real quick on the colts point it's also like this is subtle but the Cowboys play earlier too. It's not like they didn't even play like a Thursday night football game. They right. play, you know, at four. So and they like, didn't. And the, and the Colts didn't play Monday at four either. Like they played. Yeah. Like, so they, they, there's even like an hour difference too, and not just the day difference. When um, I wrote so. about that, just quickly, the team who's gotten like screwed the worst this season has been the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if mm. you saw that. Um, oh, tough. Too bad. They well after after playing on Monday Night Football, granted a game in New Orleans, mm-hmm. they had to travel to face the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were coming off of their bye. Like oh. that. That's what I'm saying. Like that's like it's like that teams who are coming off of their buys. Going to happen, but that's like no. But like, how hard is it to have teams play each other coming off their buys? You know, like match up. You know, the buys that way. Like the Eagles, that- the Eagles got royally screwed one year. I forget. I think this is like 2011, where they had to play like the Patriots on the road and then the Seahawks the next week on the road on Thursday night. So they had to travel across the country in a short week. That's that's just like the Eagles and- also um, caught a little benefit just for full context. Um, so they played in Houston, granted a road game um, on um, on Thursday night football, the night mm-hmm. the Astros won game five. And then the next week hosted Monday night football. So they got a week and a half to host Monday night football. Uh, where the commanders had to travel well, for that. And granted, the commanders still won that game. Well, that kind of lessens the normal Thursday advantage, though. Thursday to Sunday advantage. Not if they I had to stay say. home. If, if the Eagles had had to travel, I would agree with you more. You know what I mean? Because you're giving the commanders that extra day of rest, and then, you know, they get to stay at home. But whatever. Like, that's In any still, case, I, I don't want to focus on that. But it is, it is a huge advantage for Dallas. Sure. There's two more things I wanted to get to with the Cowboys. Number one, um, I mean, it's not why they – they won the game, but that did the, 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 t- the touchdown by the giants. The first one that was wiped off the board was such a bad. And also like, yeah, I know it's not necessarily the difference in the game, but just kind of like the no clear recovery thing. in the Eagles Cowboys game once upon a time that does oh really gosh. like shift the vibe of the game after you work so hard to get a touchdown like that. And yet it gets called back by a penalty. There's nothing to do with the score. I'm sure you've watched the replay. I like by letter of the law. Yes. You can say it was a, a, a like he was downfield, but like, the the spirit of that rule is but not he's down, why that if, flag is no, thrown but that's, though. That's like saying, oh well, that holding penalty had nothing to do with that the side of the field that the play happened on. Like the letter of the law, the the rule but was you broken. You could like do that every single play though. Like that's just not. But it's it's not designed look, to be on a play. You're focusing on where, a tiny. Let me get through this. The right tackle is pass blocking the Cowboys defensive lineman, and he only moves downfield in like a natural progression of his blocking, not to create an illegal advantage. And also that flag was very late, by the way. Um, so that was kind of a big you could play for the this, Giants there. My point is you could play this game with anything. Like you can like you could argue some of Tyler Smith's penalties are not like holding. They're just him dominating. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you you can you can make this ambiguous like however you Giants want to. Defensive lineman at one point. So the the setup to that play though, that sequence was Mike McCarthy going for it on fourth down early on. I loved that. Like there are a lot of Cowboys fans who hated that. I love yeah. that. I mean, it's like not, it's I, not a wrong decision. I love like you know walking around like you're the better team like saying like well, zeke you know, too like zeke's good at getting you know short. right but, but like stop 
I love the perspective of like, you know, we we're we're so confident You're that we scared. own this team. Yeah, like we're fine surrendering a touchdown here, which almost happened to your point, and we know we'll overcome that. And they, mm-hmm. you know, did technically. Um, but the like second thing. I wanted to get to if you're done. Um, well, I was just just going to add to that point. Like, there's too much revisionist history that goes like on, like because the Giants wind up getting a field goal out of that. People are like, well, they gave up three points. Yeah, so what? But what if they'd gotten the first down? Like, it's like live and die with that aggressive nature. I would take that a hundred out of a hundred times over the conservative, like weak, like oh no, like if you believe in your mm-hmm. offense, go get it. Uh, like like Peterson did at the end of the Jags Ravens and game. Brandon Staley. Uh, I didn't see that one. I saw the Doug one live. It was, it was um, the exact same thing. Okay, <laughs> cool. I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it happen. Um, your boy Brandon Staley. The other thing is, and I have a Giants thing to get to once we get to the Giants section. Still from this game, of course, naturally. But um, the uh, other thing is, Cowboys. Can you just sign Odell Beckham Jr. already? Like I know that if you if this was not a Cowboys situation, I have and a this, theory. Uh, this big, you know, drawn out thing is very good for you as a content creator and page oh, views and TikTok it. views and everything. Sure, sure. I, and I get that from that standpoint. I acknowledge that. But from like, I feel like if this were any other team and it did not impact your team, you'd just make just sign them already. Like, it's so dumb. This is so obnoxiously drawn out. Just sign. Just do it. Why is do this want, being drawn out? Why do you want to hear my theory? happening for a month? Just do it. Do you want to hear my theory? I don't know if sure. I've expressed it to you, but I've, some people at BTB have heard it. Um, I mean, it's not like a like like a legitimate theory. It's just kind of like a fun, ha ha he he, you know, sort of thing. Um, so I found it, left. I found it oddly coincidental. So like, if we trace this back to just the the genesis of where the theory was born, What's your favorite um, genesis song. The um um, what is that one? Um, Invisible Touch. Uh, okay. That's my favorite. Yeah. Um. Wow. Look at that music poll. Well done. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. The Sunday that the Cowboys played the Vikings, which was the Sunday before Thanksgiving Day, that morning, and you know this very well, you know, you get your standard Sunday morning news dumps, blah, blah, blah. The national insiders open up the notebooks, whatever. It comes out that Sunday morning that, that the Cowboys and Giants are Odo Beckham Jr.'s final two teams. Why? 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 That Sunday morning, the same Sunday that the Cowboys were the number one game for CBS. Hey, Brian Windhorst. Well, uh, that's I actually I tweeted this out sort of in a little bit of a thread and somebody responded with that, that like uh, that meme. Uh, but so that Sunday, the Sunday in question, the Cowboys were CBS's number one game with Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wilson. So huge stage. And granted, CBS cut away from them, um, you know, because the score was so bad. But mm-hmm. they talked about it. Right. CBS in their big national window talked about this, whatever. So Cowboys Giants. And this is the numbers supported this. But before the Thanksgiving Day game, I said this is the biggest game of the season outside of the Super Bowl from a ratings perspective. Like just talking about that in terms of viewership, the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving Day game does the most monster number of any game that is not the Super Bowl. So the Sunday before the game that featured the Cowboys and Giants, it comes out that the Cowboys and Giants are Odo Beckham Jr.'s final two teams. Why? Like, why Why would the Giants have at that point in time been ahead of the Bills, been ahead of the 49ers, been ahead of the Chiefs? It made no sense whatsoever. And then, you know, I get it. He played for the Giants, obviously, whatever. So, of course, what happens on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving Day, the lead up, all Odell Beckham Jr. on the pregame shows. During the game, they do a special segment. They flash an Odell tweet, blah, blah, blah. It's a huge story, blah, 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 blah. What comes out after or in the lead up of all that and throughout it all, he's going to visit the team on December 5th. Do you know what day December 5th is? It's next Monday, okay? So the Odell story got big pop for the Cowboys on the number one CBS broadcast. The Odell story got big pop for the Cowboys on the number one Fox broadcast on Thanksgiving Day, which Mm -hmm. literally had the more more viewers than any regular season game ever 
Uh, I don't know if you saw that. 42 million people watched. And now his visit with the Cowboys, to your point, why is it taking so long, is slated to occur one day after the Dallas Cowboys are on Sunday night football this week, NBC's number one broadcast. So but why? It's like, dumb. I get what you're saying. But no, just, just, just my, do it my point, it's enough. I, I, I think my general theory is the Cowboys, Odell, all people involved are very comfortable with getting as much attention as possible out of this. They're having mm-hmm. fun with it. And if they are, that's cool. They're winning while they're doing it. So, you know, it's not like it's hurting the team or anything like that. But yeah, like this is a very strange and unique thing. But CBS, Fox and NBC will all have benefited from it in their prime opportune windows. I also think like at this point, it's just the hype is really, you know, like you're setting expectations very high. And I don't know about that. I, I think and you are because there's well, no, so much like, hype around it. We've, like, oh, we've this done this massive deal for a player coming off a significant injury. And I can't only speak for the irrational 11.3 yards per reception last year. With we the have Rams. done our it job wasn't even that great. We have done our job at BTB as far as tempering expectations. And that's that's all we can do is, is be measured and cautious. Yeah, I'm not it, just calling out you. I'm saying the collective. Well, I mean, if you're mad about the collective, we're going to be mad about everything forever. But well, that's th- this do. does that's this thing. does feel inevitable. Um, and so, yeah, like, and, and again, why go visit the giants now? Well, like, why? <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's, it's, I, just, I just want it to be done with. Like, it's, I don't, I don't care. It's just being too drawn out. Well, you know what? I, I agreed with is, you before, but now that I know it annoys you, I, I hope it continues on forever. The um, thing, it's, it doesn't even, it's just like, what's the point? Like, it's okay. It's like, the, there's a the new report that he's going to, he's, he's going to the Cowboys. Yeah. I've seen like 10 of those reports already. What is the, the point of another new report the, that says the he's going to sign the Cowboys? The point is to add attention to the mix. And you can disagree with the spirit behind that, but that is the point at this point in time. Once he, once the plane story came out and that's when i actually knew he was going to sign with the cowboys because that was very oh my gosh let's move on to the giants natural segue the team who lost on thanksgiving day um okay you know what let's let's take a break let's hear a word from our sponsors long break let's take a very quick break and hear a word from our sponsors support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. Wow. During the break. I'm so refreshed. During the break, Brandon said he went and got a Capri Sun. What flavor is it, Brandon? I don't even know what kind of flavors there are for Capri Sun. It's like, aren't it's they like strawberry same? kiwi. I feel confident saying okay. that's a flavor. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, hard to go wrong. Are they really that different? Is there any like big difference in a Capri Sun flavor? I feel like that is literally the purpose of the flavoring is to establish a is difference like in flavor. Huge? Is it a huge difference? What do you know? Blind, what is your like favorite? Um, what is your favorite thing to drink that is like a, a box or pouch that you poke a straw into? 
sips. What is that? It's like a iced tea juice box that I used to have when I was like in kindergarten, I think. Uh, right? You were drinking yeah. iced tea in kindergarten? Look at you. Yeah, like it explains it was how like you're a, six foot five. It was like a juice box, six foot nine. Uh, sips. I think it has what's that? A couple S's at the front. Really good. What about you? I, I will go high C. The yellow box. Mm. Stick the straw. Are you talking about juice? Or are you talking about anything? Anything you want, because you could have gone like some kind of milk. You know what I mean? I was gonna like, say, I like you. a YooHoo. Yeah, I've never been a YooHoo person. Like, but I need more, the bottle, I, honestly. I don't want the box. Um, you know what is good? Doesn't come in a box, but the strawberry Nesquik comes in like mm. a plastic bottle. Not not because the YooHoo is like a glass bottle, right? Um, yeah, I do like a banana Nesquik. That sounds really good. All right. Um, this show, not sponsored by Nesquik. Um, the New York Giants, similar to our Blink-182, you know, gatekeeping sort of thing. Now everybody... Well, now everybody is like, man, I don't know. The Giants could miss the playoffs. Yeah, why don't you listen to the NFC's mixtape? Wicker, wicker. That's, right. That's what we were talking about last week. Um, look, they're down bad, like from an injury standpoint. That is totally fair context. Mm-hmm. Um, that being you can't said, can't crush them for it. No, like I don't, I don't think that they're losers or anything like that. Like they're just, you know, not only are they now hurt, but they're reaching the like tough part of their schedule. Um, and, and not only the tough part, they have such consequential games brewing, especially now that they have these, well, not for them, but the, the commanders mm. playing them back to back for yeah. them. Um, like th- this is, this is a tough thing. And if they get through it, I mean, kudos. Like, and I think they right. deserve kudos already. Like I'm, I don't want to take away from what the giants have accomplished. Um, but it is not looking good for them right now, uh, with the, the road that is unfolding in front of them. Yeah. I think the season's kind of already a success for the most part. Right. Uh, because you feel good about the long term. Although it could really end on a sour note if they choke down the stretch here and miss the playoffs. Doesn't mean everything is a failure, but it does kind of like raise a little bit more doubt than you would have thought that if they did, there's like zero doubt that, oh yeah, they're headed in the right direction. We're playing with house money. Doesn't even matter if we're one and done in the playoffs. Whereas if they miss it, it's like, was all the, the beginning kind of a flash in the pan? Are they going to revert back to the same old giants? And so a couple things from this game. Uh, and really beyond this game, Saquon, who we've taken the L on on this podcast, last six games, 3.6 yards per carry and 4.7 yards per reception. That's really bad. Um, his longest run in that stretch, 27 yards, came against the Texans, who are the worst team in the NFL and aren't good at defending the run, like many other teams, but still mm-hmm. they are not, uh, as you saw when Derrick Henry just destroyed them. And his longest reception in that stretch is 12 yards. So, the early season Saquon has not been recent Saquon, and he was a big reason why they were able to win games, these one-score games earlier on. And since then, has not been the same guy, uh, which is a big concern when you might have to sign, well, when you will have to make a decision on this guy's future and what you want to do with him long-term. And I think you can't really sign him. I don't think you can. Like, this is, I don't I don't know tag. that. You got to tag him. But I don't know that this is a guy who I thought when he's at his best, yes, he's one of the very best running backs in the NFL. He's dangerous. But I don't know from a durability standpoint that this is like Derrick Henry, you know, a guy who's like built to last right. and can have these freak. And to be fair, many running backs aren't that because that's really hard to do. Um, but like Derrick Henry, like Zeke to some extent, I, I don't know if Saquon is one of those guys. I think that's all fair. Um, sorry, I'm looking something up here. Um, but are you looking at my tweets? I- no, I wouldn't do that. Um, I have no need for that. I tweeted that. Um, I mean, I'm sure you did. Um, it's it's kind of sad. Like, I, like don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not sad that the Giants are going to lose and maybe fall out of the playoffs. But, like, 
it is a whimper. You know what I mean? Like it's a, whim- a whimpering sort of end. And there's no shame in that. You know, because the first like they did some mm, really improbable things. Shame. But so their point differential is minus seven right now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are ranked. What do you think they're ranked in overall team DVOA? Uh, 20th. 20th. They are 21st. So you mm. um, did not go over. So you're still eligible for the right, show. The right rules. Um, yep. they, they are 16th offensively, 28th defensively and 16 from a special team standpoint they're an average team that has had some above average moments that they deserve credit for but i think if they if they're a playoff team do you think mm-hmm. that they survive the commanders to be the sixth seed in the nfc or do you think they're a seven seed or bust team for the playoffs i think it's i think they're gonna drop down the seven if they make it and here's what i'll say about this final stretch i think this final stretch should be very telling for daniel jones i think if he is the guy mm-hmm. to ride with it's not like you know, he's going to be putting up massive 300-yard numbers just because of all the injuries and the lack of support he has in some ways. But still, like, if you're truly franchise guy, superstar, you get this team to the playoffs. You find a way, you get this team in, and again, maybe you're one and done, but you get them there. You don't allow a total collapse. Daniel Jones, I have been, like, kind of not ready to be out on him for a while. I've been, I feel like, been trying to be more fair than to him than maybe he possibly deserves. But that Cowboys game, I'm leaning towards out on him. I might be out on him. Uh, I think the only thing that can save him is like a good stretch uh, down here or down the, down the stretch run. And some of those throws, RJ, on those like gotta have it third downs and that one over the turnover on downs, dudes are like wide open in the flat and he's missing them or he's throwing behind Saquon or two. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is I gotta mean, have it throws. I know he doesn't have the best supporting system, but he did not make the most of what he had on plays that he should have had. That one, I forget. Uh, what's his name? I mean, like that insane twisting catch just to be able to get that. Like that was that was a big red flag to me. I'm like, that is not franchise quarterback stuff right there. You're terming it gotta have it or or, or I'm sorry, uh, in or out on I Daniel leverage. Jones. Right. No, no, but you're you're terming it like whether you're in or out. I think the, the like the best way to term it, I if I have to give if I have to bring one person back, it's Saquon. Right. Like I like I think you could like there's a inherent value that Daniel Jones offers as the quarterback of your team. But like if I have to bring one of them back and I'm I'm only gonna commit to one of them for 2023, it's Saquon. Like Saquon has proven that he is a very talented player once again. That is not that level of proof is not there for Daniel Jones. I wanna like tie a bow on this with a couple of things. One, so the Eagles and Cowboys to the NFC East are what the Bills and Dolphins are to the AFC East, right? Like the two clear teams at the top. Uh, with teams at the bottom who are kind of contending and, and may wind up taking the entire di- the division to the playoffs. You agree with this? Which mm-hmm. New York team is better, the Jets or the Giants? Um, I think the Jets have the higher ceiling. I agree with that. Um, which is just that didn't it's just a weird uh, again, it was obvious, but it is also still unsettling that it's happening. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just kind of a weird thing in that sense. I also think that maybe the Giants, the way that Saquon deserves credit. I think the Giants deserve credit for Kadarius Tony. Like mm. th- there was a lot of like, oh, he's going to Kansas City. He's going to go off now. Do you know how many receptions Kadarius Tony has as a member of the Chiefs? I don't. What would you guess? I don't know. Ten. He has six catches for sixty-nine yards. Nice. Mm, nice. Um, he does have the one touchdown, but they were like, and look, they missed on the pick. Like that's mm-hmm. embarrassing, right? But like they that was the old regime that was dave gettleman like i do believe it's hard if you're a giants fan to allow like to 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 force yourself to not you know lean into the expectation but like you said you should tell yourself you know what we have a chance to go be like a one and done playoff team whatever um so and we have the perfect like remember we said at the beginning of the season this jalen hurts has to prove one way or another whether you're going to commit to him in 2023 Mm -hmm. or beyond he has proven that 
Daniel Jones, yep. you have the perfect, you know, vacuum to prove yourself in. So you've like by accident or purpose, whatever you call like designed the perfect sort of focus group for Daniel Jones. I think that's a good thing. I do think that the Giants are the um, like walking wild card win for somebody. I don't know who that is, but right now it would be the San Francisco 49ers. Like because oh, yeah. they're the, the six seed. But so <laughs> it's like, destroyed. But that's what I'm saying. Like they they are going to represent like an easy ticket to somebody if they get in. Like they're the the like far the least intimidating team to draw in the wild card round if they do mind wind up getting there. Last thing I'll say on Daniel Jones is that I just I think someone's going to have to pay if they you know collapse here and don't make the playoffs. And it's not going to be the coaching staff. Obviously, it's not going to be them, Dable, or think you know or um, uh, Martindale. I don't or, or Kafka. Like I don't think any of those guys are getting fired. Um, in fact, it's possible that one of them might get hired in theory. Um, I think that's more likely than fired. So I don't think they're going to have to pay. And I think Saquon's going to be back on the tag, like you said. So like someone's going to have to pay for the failure. That's whether, even if that should be the case or not, that's how like, I feel like NFL owners can operate. Certainly I thought Carson Wentz, you know, being traded was, right. was deserved, but also that was like a Jim Ursay, very personal, like we're done. We're Carson Wentz. We don't, I don't care who our next quarterback is, but they cannot be Carson Wentz. I think the Maras. Uh, slash the Tisses might be in that spot with Daniel Jones if they collapse down the stretch where or even if they don't want to, it's not like as personal as it was with uh, Ersay and Carson Wentz where like there, there's going to be pressure on someone. There's going to be a fall guy. And I think it might be Daniel Jones. Fall guy is an intense way to put it, but you're right. Um, like somebody's going to have to answer, so to speak for, mm-hmm. you know, this particular thing. Interesting question. Just kind of looking around and I, I want to make sure no guaranteed money for Jared Goff in 2023. Who's to say the Lions don't move on, right? Like, because you're kind of at that point if you're the Lions. This is a different thing. It's not the NFC North mixtape, but like he's finally cuttable after the huge contract that the Rams gave him that the Lions absorbed in the trade. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff is the quarterback of the New York Giants. No, like, like know. that. They're they're a better team, are they not? Like with with him. I mean, because like yes, but like who's the answer? Who's the would be free agent answer for them? You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're they're equipped Jimmy enough G. to be competitive. Well, I mean, it's a whole different thing. Uh, Jimmy G in New York would be exhausting. Like the like the the level of coverage and, and the stuff. Jimmy G man. Oh, nice. Uh, very very well done. By the way, um, this will be a topic in the offseason. I think you know how we saw we saw Dalton Schultz, David Njoku, and was it Mike Gusecki that all got the tight the tag at tight end last year? We're in for like a tagassance uh, among running backs. Saquon's probably going to get the tag. I have to believe that Tony Pollard's going to get the tag. It's just impossible mm. that the Cowboys would let him walk. Josh Jacobs probably going to get the tag. Um, is Miles yeah. Sanders in a contract here? Um, he is. I don't think so, they would tag him, though. Maybe not him, but like, there's going to be a lot of tags happening at the running back position. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the Washington Commanders, who were fortunate that the Atlanta Falcons are the Atlanta Falcons. I know you were getting busy for the night game. Did you see mm-hmm. the way this sequence ended? Like, this game ended I, for the on Falcons? On replay, I did not watch it live, yes. Dude, it was unbelievable and I, I wasn't like i was obviously rooting against the commanders but i wasn't like passionately rooting against them but still it was kind of frustrating like you know when you're rooting against a team in that situation like whatever you might need and you're like how did you blow it like it was kind yeah. of like wild that the falcons well, blew well it's the game. falcons that's true but they blew it twice on, on offense yeah. and defense uh or special teams if you want to call it that but commanders got the win they are seven and five they deserve all of their flowers ron rivera's job i think is well secure um, oh, yeah. we can touch on the Sean Taylor honoring, if you want to call it that, uh, where do you want to go here? Cause I don't know that there's no, a lot to take from the game. Like it was kind of like a ho-hum game. I will say, uh, you know, a lot of one score games here. So the commanders deserve credit certainly for, you know, pulling through and executing. They covered the spread and, too. 
if if you're yeah. putting some sure you know props in playing that. better football football than they were you know earlier this year for sure i'm not trying to say they're bad again but like there have been a lot of one score games here so they have been getting i think more fortunate lately um certainly taylor heineke is not like you know this amazing player but he is a guy you can win with as you guys were talking about on monday football monday um doesn't he doesn't beat the commanders. He doesn't, you know, shoot themselves in the foot. Um, so, you know, they're they're in a, they're in a nice spot because they're surging here. They get this big opportunity going up against the Giants. Uh, it once looked like their season was dead in the water after that bad start, and now it looks like they're a pretty decent bet, not a lock, but a decent bet to get a wild card spot here. Uh, I think you have to give credit to how they've they found their identity. That is such like. By the way, I feel like that's the most overused phrase in football analysis. Like you see that on the broadcast before the game. They, they just need to get their identity. And I think a lot of that yeah, stick to who they are. It doesn't mean anything. A lot of times when people say that, but I think in this case, I can point to you their identity, and it's that really good defense and it's a ball control offense. It's how they beat the Eagles. They played ball control. That's their style of play right now. It's definitely not a, pl- a style of play that probably is going to lead them to a championship and going to work long term, but it's working for them right now. Defense that's still getting Chase Young back, which is going to, I mean, like, that is one of the more, like, I don't know, though. I think I've kind of soured on that. No, but like, like he's not healthy. (laughs) I agree with you in, in like, whatever, but like, they have, they have played that conservatively and it's worked out for them, right? Like, they've gotten to this point where they are, they're technically a playoff team right now. And I don't know, like, it's, he, he represents one of the biggest butterfly effect moments of the NFC East right now. Like, like who he is because of the fact that they they play the Giants twice and the Cowboys once. Like he represents a huge butterfly effect opportunity to change the fortunes of things. Also, I mean, they play the Niners. Like, you know what I mean? They could impact mm-hmm. the NFC West and therefore impact the team who one yep. of the NFC East teams plays, you know, whatever. Um well, I do think I mean, well, one of them, yes, yeah, sorry. The Cowboys are locked in, I think, if they get that five seed to the Bucks in the South. But yeah. No, but like at some point, you know what I'm saying? Like and mm-hmm. dictating where that game would be, you know what I mean, as opposed to San Francisco, Seattle, depending the, on the game. other the other yeah. NFC East teams. Yeah. I think people will look back at this Washington season and look at the Eagles win as the like the like you said, like another overused thing is like the moment everything changed. Like people will look for the Eagles game as that moment. The moment was the Chicago win that we talked about, the Thursday night game. No, but like I mean, like it's such that a is bad win. It was it was play well. It was bad and ugly and weird, and it, it's like doesn't. It, and they it's almost not didn't a, win. It came down to that. That's, goal what, line. that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't have the like sex appeal that the Eagles win does to be like we we were the first team to knock off the undefeated yeah. Eagles, or whatever. But like that's when the run started. Like you know sure. what I mean? Like they deserve credit for that. Um, so I just they have taken advantage of what you have to take advantage of, and this feels similar to the 2012 Washington season. Remember when they were two and seven and they just like ripped off mm-hmm. seven in a row and they, they won the division again, the division kind of collapsed around them, which allowed that um, namely the Cowboys. But I mean, they're this, the, I'm so interested to watch these next two games for the commanders and that by week being sandwiched in never do that again. NFL that is so mm-hmm. stupid to have the commanders play the giants twice in a row. I think maybe an apology could be due for me writing off the commanders earlier this season was doubting who i thought uh highly of in the past ron rivera in that like the thing we said about him the appeal there is that he's an adult in the room he's gonna keep things relatively stable and that's exactly what happened here like he didn't let the season totally spiral out of control like bad head coaches would and adversity hits and things go to total disaster he kept things stable he kept it normal that's a big i don't think that's totally fair 
he he had the one misstep with the Wentz line where he publicly doubted him. And like, I'm not defending Wentz here, but that that's not something a head coach should do. He created that particular firestorm. But to your point, um, the Sean Taylor thing that happened, which was horrible uh, this past week, the latest Sean Taylor thing that happened that, that has been horrible. I do think that would have a bigger impact on different locker rooms than it does under Ron Rivera. And I think that Ron learned from the way he handled the Wentz thing. And it's similar to uh, what was, do you remember what Robert Sala's quote was about Zach Wilson? Um, Like how he said, like Robert said that Zach's line about being benched was like, why me or whatever. Like we were talking about that on Friday and like, look, you can think Zach Wilson sucks all you want, but that's a really awful thing for Robert Sala to say. That's really kind of selling his dude out. And I think he probably learned from that. He probably didn't realize how that was going to play in in front of the media and how that quote was going to get taken. And I think the same sort of thing happened to Ron. Even though he's a much more seasoned and veteran head coach, he had a misstep with the Carson Wentz thing. And I would argue the misstep was trading for him to begin with, the genesis, there's that word again, for our first ever emergency episode. So in many ways... This season was foretold the moment that the, the commander traded for Carson Wentz, man. Um, but but so there's I, a floor. That's what I've always he, said with Ron Rivera. There's a floor. I'm just saying he, he, he deserves credit, but but he deserved his his criticism for that moment. But he I'm has rallied the troops back. But I'm saying the thing, the appeal with him to me is he brings a floor. And a lot of other head coaches, I think the floor drops out for them. And you could hit rock bottom. And I don't think you're necessarily going to hit rock bottom with him the way other coaches, lesser coaches would. Would you rather have Ron Rivera or Todd Bowles right now? I mean, I will take Todd Bowles' body of work, um, although it's tough because I, I, I think, think it he's is probably, tough. I, I, well, I think, think it's very tough. I, I think he's an elite, elite. He might be the best defensive coordinator in the NFL, but I don't know if he's a great head coach. Would you rather have Ron Rivera or Dan Campbell? Um, probably Rivera. Just again, body of work. I think you have to That's take. What I'm that. saying like Ron Rivera or Kevin Stefanski. I mean, I would probably swing on the upside of Stefanski. Plus, offensive-minded head coach, right? Like, I mean, but still, like, you know, this did not feel but like it was going to be better way. now. You have to give Rivera more credit, yeah. Um, Ron Rivera or Arthur Smith in Atlanta? I mean, they I've just never, beat them. Arthur Smith, <laughs> I've never been an Arthur Smith guy. I do also, think I don't want anything associated cute, with the but Falcons I agree. in any way. I mean, Dan Quinn is working out for you guys, but still, like, I'm not betting on anything Falcons. Don't get anything Falcons near me. Don't want uh, it. Last one, Ron Rivera or Cliff Kingsbury? I mean, I've never been a Cliff guy. Right. Um, also, not well, never been a Sean McVay guy, and I've been vindicated. I wish they did oh, not dude. win the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. So we bad. have never been Sean McVay. We have been the only people who think, you know, like you get mad about the Belichick comparison all the time, but like it was so stupid of people that like people act like he's infallible. And you know what, Bob? Like, I hope he's okay from the. Well you, saw, well, you saw the jaw thing. I hope he's okay. But he's the he's the exact person who the national media will like. Instead of criticizing them for losing, they'll have fun with the the jaw oh, thing. Look how funny he is right? Exactly. Like he'll get come on manned and everything. It's like, <laughs> but nobody will talk about how the Rams stink. Um, mm. So whatever. Uh, my last thing on the Commanders, not football related. The black uniforms really are awesome. Um, like I I think that they're okay. a really good look. If they get rid of the, the lines bordering yeah. the names on the like back, the lines. yeah, like if you get rid of those, I'm told like they're, they're, they're their best uniform by far. Like wear them all the time. They look good. I really like those black uniforms. I mean, the regular by the way, just aren't good. That's part um, of the issue there. Both gang green, green, whatever people uh, that debuted black helmets this season won their debuts. Other teams did not. The Arizona Cardinals lost in their black helmet debut. You have to explain to the listeners what that right. you mean so, by that. Uh, so several teams um, debuted black helmets this season, alternate helmets. And some teams wear them with black uniforms. Some don't. Um, but uh, actually, I think all of them do. 
Um, but the Cardinals lost their debut with their black helmets. They mm-hmm. have, I think they won since, but they lost the debut. Um, the Commanders lost their debut to the Cowboys. I think the Panthers won their debut too, now that I think about it, that Thursday mm-hmm. night game against the Falcons. Um, the, the Jets, Saints the Saints lost. They're the ones who didn't wear the black uniform. They wore them in London, oh, okay. and they wore them with the white jersey. That's um, so they, dumb. Right. They lost on that last second field goal against the Vikings. Man, that Vikings, like, the fact that they barely eat that out is so sad in hindsight. Um, but anyway, um, so the Saints lost their debut. I think they were the first team to lose the, the debut. Um, so. Anyway, um, the Jets were the first team to win a mm. debut in them. Then the Panthers and the Eagles just did it on Sunday night with the full black get up. But like, like we said, if you're going to do it, do it at night, like unveil it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the right way to do it. Um, but yeah, get rid of the Lions commanders and I'm all the way in, by the way, just quickly on the saints. Again, the fact that Peter King had them as his number one seed in the NFC, it just is wild to think about. So, um, uh, so you mentioned, you mentioned why the, the, the green nation thing, cause gang green nation for the jets, the SB right. site and the bleeding green nation. Uh, I did want to get your thoughts on the Eagles black helmet while we're talking about that. Um, it is. So the best looking black helmet of the new ones um, might be the commanders now, because I really like the W on the front. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I like the placement. It's not too big. Like I, I really do. Center, like it. For those who um, are not uh, watching the YouTube. Right. Version. Like it's over the forehead. Um, the one I like the least is the saints. I, I don't like it that much. I agree. Um, I don't know why it doesn't work. I really don't like the Cardinals one. Cause the, for some reason the bird the is like metallic. Yeah. I don't need mm. like keep the same red. Um, but, well, I mean, I meant like the metallic red, like the the stealth, like that's, red that's what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. keep the same red, like a cherry red would look awesome. Like, kind of like the Falcons. Um, you know what? What black addition will be great to the Cardinals is just just put a black stripe on your white helmet. That would look cool. You know what I mean? Like, just literally okay. put a black stripe on the white helmet. Um, but I don't like the Jets logo. Like, the I I hate oval logos. I don't like the Niners logo or the Packers. It's not a logo. It's a letter. It's a stamp. Well, it's um, their name. I also they go right. They go metallic as well, um, but on the face mask, which is kind of distracting. You know what I mean Mm. for the Jets? They go with a metallic green face mask. I've never thought the Panthers have good uniforms. I know a lot of people disagree. I love their right. I mean, so the Thursday night football, they're black and blue. That was great. Not not a fan. I guess by process of elimination, the Eagles because it looks the most similar to their normal helmet. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the Eagles have a very strong looking helmet. Like, and it is. I love the the way the spirit of the Vikings, the Eagles, yeah, and the Rams, Rams helmets, like yep. how their their helmets are like extensions of what those animals or mascots would be. So, right. it, you know, they win the, by process of elimination. Yeah. It, uh, so my thought on them is that I was not very excited leading up to the game because all of the pictures I kept seeing them in, it looked like dark gray to me because it's not matte. That's one thing I don't like. I think it should be matte black. I don't like how mm, it's disagree. not matte black. I like the um, shiny black. Okay, so... It looks bad in like bright light though. So I think they can't, they almost like can't wear those during a day game, which usually they don't, but they have in the past. So I don't think they can because it's going to look like to, at least to me, I think it's going to look like more dark gray than it does even black. So I don't like that to begin with. Um, they looked better in the dark, certainly at the night game. I just think they're so subtle. I don't even think you can notice a difference. Like it's... unless you're like really paying attention to it, I don't really think there's a big difference from the dark green to that black. That's what like none of them really like wow me. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what the commanders one kind of does. And and the commanders has the the W because it has the yellow, it pops. You know what I mean? So that's why I do kind of like them the most. Um, but you're right, because the forest green is is so dark already, like or whatever. Um, there there is not much of a difference. And 
it, it looks like even like less of a difference because the Eagles have worn those black uniforms before with the midnight green helmet. So it really is yep. like the tiniest little adjustment. Yeah, um, it's I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying don't do it. But it's funny how the excitement is there. Oh, the black helmets. And it's like this is like barely any different. It's so subtle. Last uh, question on these lines to see the who, Kelly Green helmet. Right. Who has. Oh, and the Seahawks are going to bring their throwbacks back. I, I'm loving this. Loving this. It's all good. Um, who has the best black helmet, in your opinion, of all eligible ones in the NFL? I mean, you just ran them through them all, but I don't have them in front of me. Um, I There's th- one correct oh. answer. You mean like so? Not just the ones you talked about, but right, yeah, like nor, like even standard helmets. Well, as the well. Steelers stuff. No, the Ravens. That's the best black helmet in the NFL. The black and purple looks sick. No, um, I like those colors, but I think the Steelers. I like this. I like the matte of the. Steelers. I hate how the Steelers refer to themselves as like black and, and gold. Sometimes you're not Why? gold. You're you're yellow. It's not okay. you know. It's not gold. It's yellow. Um. So that's my point. Um. Let's pick these games for uh week thirteen. We will pick all of the games as mentioned with Rob Statsquare on the look ahead on the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to that on Friday or watch it live. It's up to you. Um. Uh, but subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating, write a review. Uh. We will go in chronological order as we always do. So the Cowboys have the night game. Uh. The Commanders and Giants squaring off at noon. Uh. That one's a little bit juicier. Um. So let's do Eagles Titans, which is also at noon in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's a pretty like big one o'clock game. You know, two two teams that are like very good records. Um, we're Titans now eight and three. Uh, and then well, and, and the Chiefs and Bengals are also playing at noon, which so, is bothersome. And there's some I haven't so as of we're recording this, I've not checked Twitter, but I see I have 180 missed tweets, which is making me very anxious. Um, and there's been speculation. I don't know if you've been keeping up with it that the Eagles might get flexed to um the afternoon. Uh, no, uh, the night game for week. 14? Oh, the, that's that's what Pete and I talked about on Monday Football yes. Monday because that's the Chiefs Broncos game. Yes. Um, so, although I would, if it were up to me, I would do the Dolphins Chargers. I think that's the right call because the just, Dolphins just haven't like, been in prime time. Just to be clear, to explain your point, next week, week fourteen, the yeah. Broncos and Chiefs are currently scheduled to play the Sunday night game, but the Broncos stink. Um, so, Giants Eagles is one option to place there, or Chargers Dolphins. Um, so, th- this is the week that that would happen if if the NFL mm-hmm. is going to flex it. If they don't do it this week, they won't. They won't do it the week up, obviously. Um, so, we'll see. I agree with you. I would like to see the Chargers and Dolphins, but I mean, the NFC East is you know the sort of thing right now. Um, but um, so, so my my one thing, uh, by the way, our friends at DraftKings have the Eagles as five point favorites um, over the Titans. Yeah, that dropped from that opened at six and a half. So normally, um, right, like, and, and this is true, like any year. Normally, it's like, well, if we're gonna lose, let's lose an AFC game, right? Like they matter the least. But like that's like the 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 way the NFC East is, and the Vikings being there, like you don't have that same. I don't want to call it luxury, but like this this doesn't this isn't the same like sort of throwaway like dismissiveness that you would normally have for an AFC loss if it did happen. You know, like last year, the Cowboys lost to the Chiefs and Raiders, and it was kind of like, well, you know, if you're gonna lose a game, those are the ones that lose. This sure. is a this is a must win. All all games are must wins, obviously. At this point, I mean, Eagles got to get this done, and Derrick Henry's coming. So the AFC thing is interesting in theory because yeah, it's the least like hurtful loss, although not necessarily when it comes to the common games tiebreaker, which could always be a factor. Although that's I don't a, think that will be the case here. That's what makes this season unique is that the Eagles also already have the tiebreaker over the Vikings and currently lead the Cowboys. So like th- their their competition this season isn't a team that they haven't played. You know what I'm saying? Like those those excessive tiebreakers aren't necessarily as applicable here. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying in theory, like, you know, you would think the AFC is m- not super meaningful and usually it's not, but it could be in theory mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, yeah. So 
from a Titans perspective, because I know you're very big on them, and I think there's every reason to think you should take the points in this matchup because, first of all, Titans defense has been really good. Uh, so I think points are going to be at a premium in this game. I already like the point, taking the points for that reason alone. Also, I would not sleep on a Jim Schwartz revenge game factor. Uh, former Eagles defensive coordinator is now AJ here. Brown revenge game. This, this, that's, that's the much bigger talking no, point. Nobody hates their former team like AJ Brown. Nobody. Well, he definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's been tweeting about them throughout the season. I will say, for all, for as much as you want to hype up the Titans, and I'm not trying to disrespect them. I'm just saying, I want to ask you a question. What is the Titans' best win this year? Like, look at their um, schedule and tell me, like, what is like the win that you feel like really great about that that is like their signature win um maybe it's over the packers on thursday night football i mean after that you're looking at like the the commanders game but that was when wentz was still playing so eh, not so really. a point i've made is that they have i and i do believe this they have the best losses which is a stupid sure. thing but they, they do have the best because they've lost to but the giants the bills that's the weak, chiefs, but yes <laughs> the, the giants the bills the chiefs and the Bengals. just well, so i mean they get destroyed by the bills but yeah i'm just saying like they they have the most the least but that Bills loss is bad. That's it's terrible. Um, Forty-one to seven. Like, you're right. Like, I do think their most impressive performance was the loss of the Chiefs, especially doing it without yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Um, and what Malik Davis threw? Or Malik, well, sorry, uh, Malik Davis, the Cowboys completed uh, five passes. Yeah, completed five passes. Um, so they they have. Do you know how many times? I don't know if you looked this up. Do you know how many times the Titans have scored more than twenty points since their bye I'm week? Looking, I'm looking at their schedule. Um, so their bye week is what was in week six. They since did then, it one they time, one time, and it was that Packers win that you talked about. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but th- that's like, and I hate like leaning on this, but like that's their thing, right? Is that they're they're like a a, a wrestle sure. match. They're, they're gonna they're uh, gonna take you ten rounds. Is, yes. is the Titans game plan? But they're also so more than one thing can be true, as I have said on the podcast. I really want a T-shirt that says that. I think that should be an NFC East mixtape T-shirt. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm we not sell them in, in all four team like colors. Like we'll get like a navy cowboys one, a Kelly Green yes. one, a burgundy one, and a like no one will buy one it for the except me. Uh I, I I'm not saying the Titans are bad. I'm just saying I know because so I was and part of what is prompting me to bring this up is I was looking at Music City Miracles, SB Nation's Tennessee Titans blog, and the conversation down there seems to be like, can the Titans beat a good team? Because they have not really done that so much to this point. So that's that's definitely something that's being talked about. That's not to say they're tough. They're not a tough team because they are. And since 2018, when Mike Rabel was hired, Titans have the best record straight up as underdogs. They're 22 and 16. That's, He's the like, new Mike Tomlin, as you have said. Um, I mean, yeah, like he, like so. The and the Titans are underdogs in this game, so that that absolutely makes me nervous. This is a game that the Eagles can lose. I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to be a grind. Uh, it could be a game that's decided by a field goal. So I like the points in this one, but I will take the Eagles. I think there is something to the AJ Brown revenge factor. I think he's going to bounce back after kind of being sick. Uh, the offense, you just saw what they're able to do. I know it was in a way that might not be necessarily sustainable every week, but it encouraged me that the offense can still score a lot. The Eagles can win the trenches. So I think it's going to be a dogfight. I'll take the Eagles to win, but they won't cover. I think that's how I lay into I'm not going to lock this up. I did lock the Packers up, like I said, and pushed. Um, but I would, I am certainly taking, if I'm picking against the spread, I'm taking the Titans easily. Yeah. Because um, this is, you know, how many one, not one possession games have they had? They beat the Packers by two possessions. Um, You're eight and three th- against the spread this year, by the other way. Other than that, they lost to the Bills Best. by two possessions. I mean, so, or by more than one possession. Um, 
they they are tough. They, they and like I again like we, we've we've used a lot of like tropes and cliches here, but like they are the true like grind it out. Like that is Mike mm-hmm. Vrabel's thing. Um, so I, if the Eagles are gonna fall, the the Giants games because they have two obviously those look a little bit less intimidating right now, and that's sure. why I'm very anxious to see the Giants. The Bears game, I'm you know a little part of me was excited that Justin Fields got to rest. Like get get right, Justin. You know, well I mean? <laughs> we'll see if get, he even plays. We don't even know if he's. That's back. what I'm saying. Like of of the Eagles remaining schedule, and like I said, heading and if he into, is, they're also well, pretty banged up now. Heading into their last their upcoming two games a week ago, this felt like the one that the Eagles could drop right because this is a team that can. Mm-hmm out physical you because they can out physical anybody it's not you know an eagles thing but this is the one that that is like lurking i think for the eagles and you know and and plus you got to have this because you're kicking off a three-game road trip you know what i mean after this like you you got to have put this one in the bank and then you know hope that right things go your way i will take the eagles to win but i will take the points certainly Um, okay, let's get to the big NFC East matchup. NFC Beast, because all of the teams are good. That's why we call it Beast, because it's a beastly sort of thing. Um, so uh, this is also um, well, playoffs start now. You know, right? We got to win out. So we, the way we're looking at it, the playoffs start now. The Washington Commanders on the road are two and a half point favorites against the New York Jimmy G men. I think you have to take the Commanders. Like, what I do you really? So. The Giants are just so banged up. Um, not that they can't win, but it's it's a tough path for them right now. And the commanders are playing this effective strategy. They have their identity. I think the Giants are struggling with that just because of how injured they are and Daniel Jones' inconsistency. And I think the Giants' identity is Saquon being good, and he has not been good. So I think all signs are pointing to the commanders right now. I think if the Giants win, um, it's like a Josh Jacobs sort of performance, right? Like it's this crazy, like Saquon goes off, right? Like Saquon has mm-hmm. like... 40 carries for like 203 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And, and I think he has like, like kind of like Jacobs had the big, what was it? 83 or 86 yard walk off. Like Saquon has like a, like an 84 yard screen pass that he takes to the house. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things. And like, we are kind of, you, you think that everybody's due except for the Eagles. Um, The commanders are kind of due, right? Like, like they're, I wouldn't say they're like skating on thin ice, but like they should have lost to the Falcons. You know what I mean? Like like Mm -hmm. if we're being fair, like I would say, yeah, you know, 20 teams win that game that, that aren't the Falcons. Um, so the commanders are kind of skating thin. You could kind of see this as being the Giants, like, bounce back, you know, like, put their feet in the ground, and then it's like, okay, now, commanders, you get them in D.C., land over whatever, one time to kind of square this thing up. Mm-hmm. I will take – I'll take the Giants. And, wow. and I'm getting points, so I'll take the Giants. Sure. Okay. Uh, well done. The Dallas Cowboys opened as nine point favorites over the Indianapolis Colts that game on Sunday night football that is now up to 11. Um, so they, I think that's the largest line of the week. Uh, as I look, um, I don't see anybody anywhere near that. Actually, um, this is uh, if we're being frank and being honest. And if you listen to this show and Not the Espionation right. NFL show, this is the reckoning coming from me. Right? <laughs> this, is, this is my personal I mean. reckoning. Uh, Brandon's is coming soon with Justin Fields. I, I just find I'm maybe you it's a big spread. Maybe you don't think the Cowboys cover. Maybe there is like a garbage time thing. I don't see how the Cowboys lose this game, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, even not counting in the rest advantage, they're just a much better team. The Colts are in like Micah Parsons might sack Matt, Matt Ryan like four times. Like, I was just gonna say, you stole my thunder. I was gonna say, congratulations to NFC Defensive Player of the Week, Micah Parsons. <laughs> um, because yeah, I think the Colts are gonna get killed here. I mean, Colts have a good defense, or at least they've been having defensive success recently um for the most part so maybe they cover just from a standpoint of it's not a super uh high scoring output for the cowboys offense 
and it's kind of a muck it up game a little bit, but I just don't think, I th- even if that's the case, I think the game will not reflect uh, the score being as close as it would be. So I think the Cowboys, I'm going to take them to win and cover. Um, You're laying 11 points. Yeah, I mean, the Colts, they struggle to score. Uh, dude, offensive line is going to be a big issue. They're so bad in the red Saturday. Zone. Like, dude, I mean, it's it really is. I, I don't know what to think of that Colts-Eagles game, like, in hindsight. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't. Like, was that, like, weird Saturday interim magic? Was that the Eagles, you know, starting to fall apart? Like, I, it's it was it just a weird day? Like, it's such a weird the first game. game without Goddard. They played a lot of 13 personnel in the first half. It clearly wasn't working at all. They've gone away from it completely since. They went. They, they didn't play it at all in the second half, and they scored two touchdowns. The offense kind of started to get back on track, and then they didn't do it at all, really, against the Packers. So I think they totally out smarted themselves and i told you i thought I mean, that was like uncharacteristically um like galaxy brain stuff from the offense from both shane Sykin and nick sirianni like that was like their worst performances of the season by far let me um speaking of nick sirianni let me make a little fun bet here like not a real bet of consequence if the cowboys cover the line here that while we're recording so if the line might move but the 11 mm-hmm. points that's what i'm laying right here i'm to be clear i'm taking the i'm, I'm taking the points so i'm taking the colts to cover but dallas to win but if the Cowboys cover, I will do a Nick Sirianni. That was for Frank Reich impression on next week's NFC's okay. mixtape. So I'm sure people really want that. I really want that. So, you know, emotional hedge, baby. You you taught me that. Um, all right. Uh, so we have the Eagles at 11 and one, the Cowboys at nine and three. Uh, and then we're split on the Giants. Um, so one of them is going to eight wins at the, at the end of next week. Three teams in the NFC East are going to have at least eight wins, which is pretty wild mm. when you think about it. Unless there's a tie. Oh, that would suck. I would hate to have to like factor that into stuff. I, I agree. I, I would not want to go through that. Okay. Um, does Donovan McNabb know that a tie is possible? I don't know. Wait to ask him. <laughs> Future NFC East mixtape guest. Brandon, as we leave, I would like you to um, say your favorite thing about pasta. I'm not a big pasta guy. Uh, I do eat it from time to time, but it's not like it, so. It's one of these situations where I don't know if anyone else can relate. It's something you had a lot growing up, so you kind of burnt yourselves out of it. Mm. So my parents used to have that a lot for dinner. In fairness to my parents who are listening, I love you, mom and dad. Um, it was a, it was a time. So they had me when uh, they were very young. They had me when they were only 23. So you know they they had not yet achieved a lot of financial stability at that time in life. So pasta was kind of like what they could afford. I totally get that. I'm not like blaming them. I'm just saying, like the reality of the situation mm. kind of burnt me out on wanting pasta a lot. Wow. Um, so it's not my favorite thing. Although my favorite pasta would be gnocchi, which is kind of cheating because it's not even fully pasta. And there's a lot of potato in there, and I love potato. But uh, I love a gnocchi. Uh, I love a you know a vodka rigatoni. Like love that sauce. I wish. You, you've never had right no i never had that Um, that's just so insane i mean you know someday um actually as uh we end that was a really good answer on the pasta uh we bumped this recording up we normally record around one central um here on the mixtape but we recorded at 11 a.m central uh to give us time for what we found out was a meeting but also for the united states matchup uh against iran so everybody listening to this knows the results what was the score of u.s iran brandon and we won one to zero USA. 